0: Hello everybody, uh, I noted this in the first service, I'll note it again here, you know what we just, what we've been a part of thus far in this worship gathering is really reflective of what the church has been doing for the last 2,000 plus years. Uh, just after the resurrection, filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the, the people of uh, Jesus, people of what was called the way they would get together and they would meet uh, on Sundays uh, the Lord's day the the day of resurrection and they would they would do a number of things they would stop and they would worship God they would in light of of what the scriptures had said to ancient Israels uh, they they would sing and they would pray together and then also within that community some of them had been sent out to different parts of the world and they had been sharing what they believed was the good news, the the life-changing message of Jesus, and so those missionaries like Sam and Abby uh, would come back, and they'd report, and they'd say, you know, this is what we saw God do, and then uh, someone would stand up and talk about the Bible, and that's about what we're going to do right now. So uh, why don't we pray before we get going? Let's pray. Lord God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come before you. We recognize your presence We pause, we remember that you love us more than we could ever love ourselves, we remember that you, right in this moment, are bestowing grace upon us, amazing grace. We live in it, we swim in it, we're completely dependent upon it. We recognize, God, that there are things in our life that get in the way. Even right now, there there are worries, there are anxieties in our minds. And I pray, Lord, you would minister. Minister to those fears. If there's anything that we're doing that is outside of your will, God, we, we ask your forgiveness. And we pray, God, that you would take your word that Your Spirit would help us see what it is to truly be alive the way You've designed us. In Your name we pray, amen. We're going to do Q&A today. Uh, we have to do Q&A a little different. If you would, look in your seat back pocket, uh, there is an Ask Pastor Brad card there. Uh, please note that, please have it handy, and please write a question there for later in the message. I'd ask you to text a message, but my phone, phone was stolen over a week ago, and I got a new phone, and um, uh, it, it's not receiving the text messages right, and that's what we discovered during Q&A in the first service. And so uh, I, some of you know my numbers, so you have texted me a number. I would give, you know, 300 plus people my personal number. But you know why I wouldn't give 300 plus people my personal number. Uh, So if you'd like to ask a question for Q&A, please note that on the card. We'll pass them uh, up near the end. We're continuing our series on the body. And uh, we've been wrestling with why did God give us physical beings? And and what are their purposes? And this morning, what I want to focus on is food. That's kind of exciting. How necessary is food to the body? Well... It's pretty important, right? Uh, Without food, what happens? Yeah, we croak, we die. Uh, Food's very important. We actually organize our lives around feeding ourselves. What if I were to tell you right now that I'm going to preach for the next four hours? Not only would you be discouraged by that because you don't think I'm that good, but secondly, you would miss lunch and you'd be very angry about that because you want to eat. Our whole society is actually built up, societies all over the world have always been built up over the idea, uh, how do we easily get food to our bodies? One study I read this week said that you're going to spend about 32,000 hours of your life eating and drinking, and the reason you're going to do that is because food is not a hobby for us, it's a necessity. Without food, you're going to keel over. So let me take you de- uh, back to a day in the life of Jesus. Jesus was a, a physical pe- bird. Jesus was a physical bird. Jesus was a physical being, and he ate. But just before Jesus began his ministry, Matthew 4 tells us that the, the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the desert to be tempted by uh, the devil. And uh, Matthew 4.2 says this, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Which might be the greatest understatement in all of the Scriptures. I would say after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, uh, he was famished. Famished for what? He was famished for food. His body by that time was screaming for food. But it's interesting. It's uh, interesting the devil comes and gives three temptations to Jesus, and the first one, we're just going to camp here for a second, the first one's all about food. The devil says to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, I don't think any one of us would blame Jesus one iota if he had turned those stones into pizzas, but he doesn't do that. What he says Jesus replies, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now what's the implication of that reply? The implication is humans need more than food to live. If we're going to be truly alive, we need to know God's word is necessary for life. God's Word, just like food, is vital to your aliveness. Without God's Word, we die. And while you may be thinking, wait, I think this pastor has pulled a bait and switch. Didn't he say uh, we were going to be talking about food? Well, I asked ask for your grace because this message is not not about food, What I'm hoping to help you see this morning is that God's Word is food for your body. And if it is is food and we can't live without food, shouldn't we prioritize God's Word as much as we prioritize food if it's necessary to be alive? In fact, is it possible that there is a type of living that is not achievable without knowing God's Word. Does abundant life include knowing God's Word? We organize our time and money, we, like I said, around food, and we don't live on food alone. To live, we need every word that comes from the mouth of God. John 6, Jesus says, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life so you want to live got to eat and God's word is designed to be eaten uh, I'm going to say something provocative did you know that the Bible never says study the Bible I'll give a dollar to anyone who can give me a Bible verse that says study the Bible it's not going to be there In fact, we can go so further, uh, we can even go further and say, that you won't find a verse that says, study the Scriptures. Huh. Now, I I got all this from my friend Rick Drank, who you you will meet in a second. And Rick says this to be provocative. Uh, The Bible is not just about studying it. The Bible actually uses words that are far richer than an academic exercise. For example, 1 Peter says, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now think about that. What is the priority for an infant? Is the priority for an infant behavior? You know, my goal today is uh, I'm going to really behave myself. (laughs) I I don't think infants really uh, start their day that way. And I don't think infants uh, start their day with, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to really study hard. You know, I know I'm know i not in school yet, but I'm going I'm to really study hard. No. Infants begin their day with a cry. <laughs> and that is a cry for food. It is a cry for nourishment. If an infant doesn't receive proper nourishment, things do not go well for the infant or anyone near the infant. Not only will the child cry, the child will die. In the same way, God knows His children need to be nourished by the purity of God's Word and Himself in that Word. And He's not calling you to study God's Word like you study the American Revolution. He's calling us to ingest it. He's calling us to make it the primary source of nourishment for our lives. The psalmist writes, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Do you see God's word as sweet to your mouth, like honey to your lips? If you say, not really, Pastor Dude, (laughs) then could it possibly be you haven't yet feasted? On how wonderful God's word is. Have you got? I think, I think if you tasted, you would see that God's word is truly sweet, like honey to your lips. Prophets like Ezekiel, the apostle John, and Jeremiah, they talk of eating God's word. Jeremiah 15:16, when your words came, I ate them. (laughs) <laughs> they were my joy and my heart's delight. Oh my goodness, can you imagine eating God's Word? I kind of get what Jeremiah is saying. Uh, th- today, uh, this week, uh, is, was the anniversary of me getting hit by a truck on my bicycle. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, a year ago, I wasn't here. I was, uh, I was this way, in pain. And... Um, I spent seven days in the hospital and then five days in rehab. And during that time, the hospital gave me what they called food. I wouldn't quite label it that way, and um, and they gave me that because they knew I needed healing and I needed nourishment for that healing. And I appreciated that. I, I, I ate it, but I also knew because I knew God's word that in my brokenness and in my pain. I needed another type of nourishment. And Jill and I, we had talked about this. You, know, Honey, if I'm ever in the Bible, if I'm ever in the Bible, if I'm ever in the hospital, please bring uh, the Bible and read it to me because I need to be nourished on God's Word. I knew that in my moments of brokenness and despair, I would need nourishing words to bring me healing. Now, I know... Everyone in this room shares different parts of our lives that are busted up, kind of like some of my bones were busted up. What are you going to feed on to be healed? What's going to be your nourishment to find healing in your life? See, God's Word is brain food, and we need some brain food in our world, there's a phrase I heard, phrase I heard in Al Anon years ago that I really like. It's just two words stinking thinking. Stinkin' thinking, stinkin thinkin', yeah. Stinking thinking. Uh, our, our culture feeds us a steady diet of stinkin' thinking. Stinking thinking is any self destructive or fear based thinking. What causes our panic? What causes us to drive our lives into a ditch? It all starts with stinking thinking. And God knows that we live with an intravenous drip in our arms, in our brains, of stinking thinking. Romans 12, 2, let's read this together, shall we? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Guess what? Every day, you're being transformed in your mind. Every day. Our culture is feeding us all kinds of stuff to transform our thinking. And so God, in His perfect wisdom, gave us His Word to center our thinking so it doesn't stink. (laughs) Right? Our, Our brains need transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Years ago, uh, I was in my early 40s, and I used to play pickup basketball uh, back in those days, and I got kind of frustrated that all these younger guys were beating me on the basketball court. So I went to a friend who was a trainer, and I said, can you give me something to do uh, in the gym so that I don't get beat on the basketball court so easily? And so he gave me a bunch of exercises and so forth, and, uh, and I worked really hard on them. But I wasn't finding the transformation I most longed for. Until I realized that if you want to transform your body, you can't just do it through exercise. Please all hear this. If you want to transform your body, it's going to be about 25% in the gym, but the other 75% is all about what you do with the fridge. <laughs> it's all about what you feed yourself transformation, the transformation we all long for in our bodies will not change until we change our diet. doesn't matter how much you exercise. Now, what about our brains? Do you want to transform your brain so that you're not plagued by stinking thinking all the time? Well, we're going to have to change what we feed our brains, right? We are going to have to ingest that which is true, God's Word is true. So, our task here at Faith Covenant Church is to equip disciples to follow Jesus, who are then equipped to help others follow Jesus. One of the ways we do that is by knowing God's Word. And I have a question for you. What is your strategy this summer? As you head into summer, what is your strategy for the transformation of Of your mind. I have a challenge. I'm going to ask everyone who calls Faith Covenant Church home to do the personal version of Discovery Bible Experience this summer so that you are feeding off of God's Word and you're equipping yourself to help others. Feed off of God's Word. What is Discovery Bible Experience? Discovery Bible Experience enables followers of Christ to discover what God is saying to them through the Bible and how they can apply what they learn in their lives. DBE was developed by Rick Drink, uh, from Discovery Ministries and Rick happens to call Faith Covenant Church home I'm going to invite Rick up and I'm going to invite Steve Waters up who's been uh, doing Discovery Bible Experience with us on Wednesdays give them both a big round of applause <clears throat> grab a seat any seat here you go Steve I believe you're on two maybe Uh, Rick, why don't you sit here? Steve, you get the red chair. I don't know why.
1: (laughs) We'll find find out later. We want to know, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) So I know both of you um, a a little bit. And um, you actually both came to Christ as adults, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. How old were you, Steve, when you came to Christ? Uh, I was in my mid 40s. What's that? I was in
2: my mid-40s.
0: Mid-40s, okay. And, and you came to in, in Christ in college. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I say came to Christ, what I mean is uh, you bega- began to trust in and depend upon Jesus as Lord and Savior, King in your life, okay? And um, so for the first five years, you studied the Bible, but then you pretty much exhausted it and you stopped reading it, right? No. No. <laughs> no. I know, Rick, I know you. you you've been um, spending time in God's Word for decades now. Uh, why do you keep doing it?
1: Well, a number of reasons, certainly uh, one of the simple reasons is is that uh, i can 't afford not to. Uh, when you recognize what it is and why God gave it, one of the reasons is i can 't afford not to spend time in scripture, and another simple reason is is i don 't have to, I get to. Hmm. And because it's not something that God holds a gun to our head and says you ought to, it's, the Bible's not an ought, by the way. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to life and so on. So those are two of the main reasons. But a third one is really significant for me personally is if you don't spend time in the Scripture, it's not necessarily about bad things are going to happen. It's about good things that won't happen. And if you grab on that principle and recognize that God gave it to us for a reason, not that he said if you don't, I'm going to do something bad to you, but about the good things that won't happen if I don't. So can you help us understand, like for someone who's
0: just hearing something like that, what, what are the good things that wouldn't happen if we don't know the Scriptures?
1: Well, we wouldn't know the connection with God personally. We wouldn't have the relational connection. You wouldn't have the sense of the promises of God that would deal with almost any issue of life and does any issue of life. The peace, the purpose, the power, the presence... All the things that come because you connect with God and you understand what he'll do in and through our lives. And so we'll miss a lot of that. We'll miss the, the, the power of God to deal with any situation you're in and, and so many other things.
0: I would uh, liken that to the fact that uh, if, if I wanted to get to know Rick, one of the things I would do is I would spend time with Rick. And the, the more time that Rick and I would spend, uh, it would be helpful for us to sit next to each other and just be quiet. But I've actually learned a whole lot just from Rick's words. Rick's words have been very helpful, and God has given us his word to help us Mm. know who he is. And his his spirit is always present in that. Uh, Rick, uh, what is Discovery Bible Experience, and what compelled
1: you to create this thing we call Discovery Bible Experience? As you said earlier, the word Bible study is not in Scripture per se, and a lot of it is when you encounter God, it is an experience. A lot of it came out of my own frustrations of how do I spend meaningful time in Scripture uh, as opposed to a duty, and how do I hear and experience God in and through it? So a lot of it was trial and error of just really how do I get into it and not just do it because I was told to do it, but that it becomes a meaningful part of my life. So it was really learning to find the ways that I would hear God and that God would minister to me through the scripture, and so working with many people through years, we developed this process that enables us to get into it, not become overwhelmed by how big it is. A lot of people think the Bible's daunting or intimidating, and I say the DBE will de-daunt the Bible. It helps us get away from a it feeling it's so big I can't get my arms around it, what is it that I can get in to experience it? And so it came out of working with people, trying to find something for myself. There are two words in, that are interesting that you've, you've bookended Bible with,
0: discovery and experience. Why did you use those two words?
1: Uh, first of all, it is an experience. If you, uh, you know, it's, and the, the issue is the Bible is not just a book. It is a book, but it's the book through which God communicates. So I don't want to treat it as a book. It's an experience when you encounter God. And that's the idea, when you encounter God, you're actually experiencing the reality of God, his presence, and so on. The word discovery was meaningful for me in the beginning, is that a lot of times something you discover is far more meaningful than something just tells you. Yes, they can tell you something, but the discovery process is a process of allowing God to speak to you, and something you discover and experience will usually have a greater impact, not only presently, but even uh, staying power. One of the things
0: you'll find if you hang out with Rick at all is if you call Discovery Bible Experience a Bible <laughs> study, he will quickly correct you. Yes. <laughs> it is a discovery experience. Yeah, correct. You uh, got it. You got it. St- he's, he's learned. <laughs> Steve, you uh, you've been uh, helping lead Discovery Bible Experience on Wednesday nights. We've been doing it in, in group settings. Uh, what have you discovered about
2: God, His Word through the experience? Right, yeah. So I spent uh, many years in more traditional Bible studies um, doing on my own, also in in other groups. Um, What I noticed with Discovery Bible Experience, since we started that this winter, is how the the depth, I mean, the experience really does come through. Um, It starts with you're focused on a smaller uh, number of verses. You're not trying to cover an entire chapter. Uh, so, you get good focus, you get good participation uh, from the people in your group, which brings out ideas that may, maybe necessarily you would not have had, which is very important to hear other Christian brothers and sisters uh, discuss what they've learned. But then the follow up, um, I think during the week after we complete uh, our group time together, we do some follow up that helps. It brings you into prayer, it brings you closer to the word, and you really start to hear. God speak through that, through that process.
0: Rick, can you explain what is the process that, that we go through um, in a nutshell?
1: In a nutshell, the idea of beginning into Scripture, again, is when you go into the purpose of learning to hear what God is saying to you and what he wants to say to you, for many a times, it's you try to get your hands around a whole passage, as Steve just said, The idea is to work through a passage, a shorter passage, by the way, instead of a longer passage. The shorter is almost better. And then the idea is to pick out one thing to go deeper on. One thing that you can follow through on because, again, there might be three or four things you see, but rather than trying to figure all that out and get lost in that, if you take one thing, what you're doing is you're allowing God to take that one thing further in your life. And as Steve said, the follow-up or the follow-through. So it's the idea of you spend time in the Scripture, you pick out one thing to go deeper on, you respond to that one thing, and then the key is the follow-through. The word follow-through means take it to the intended conclusion. God has a reason for showing you. There's two things. He'll show you things or speak to you. The reason is he wants that to work in your life. And the whole principle is spend enough time so you let the word of God do its work in your life. You stay with the passage till it affects you rather than trying to accumulate more information that you don't apply. So it's look at a passage, pull out one thing, Go deeper on that one thing, or let God work in it, and then do follow through on it until it affects you. And each day, we're talking about this is probably going to take me like four hours a day to, to do, right? Well, you may be four. Most of us can do a little less. No. We're all talking about you, tend to, you can do it in, in much time. Usually within a 30 to 45 minutes, you process a passage. And The key is keeping it short. Uh, I had a senior pastor of a church when I was working with a Lutheran church that he likes the idea of short passages, and Brad has echoed this too. Rather than trying to cover everything, you say enough to get there. So it's a matter of the time to spend, and you can do it several segments during a week, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You complete the process part. The follow-through is 10 or 15 minutes twice, two, three times a week. Most people won't believe. We don't use the word review. That's remedial. We say follow through. There's a verse in the Bible that says, "Follow uh, whatever else you do, follow through to understanding." And the idea is let God's word work in your life. I I want to with this provide
0: a bit of a caveat. Um, There are all this is not the only way uh, to meditate on God's word. I know some of you um, are, for example, in January you made a commitment you're going to read through all of the scriptures in 2019. And that's great. I liken that to hiking the Appalachian Trail, okay? Uh, some of you, uh, you're in uh, community Bible study or you're in uh, something called Bible Study Fellowship and you're, d- you're going deep in one particular segment of the year, for example, in, on the book of John. Uh, I liken that to, uh, for the summer, I'm going to uh, hike the Appalachian Trail through Virginia, Okay. Some of you who are doing Discovery Bible Experience, you're simply taking a week, and you're just going to spend a little bit of time that week in one part of the Appalachian Trail, but you're not going to move further until you felt like you've really explored that one small section. Now, all of that is good. The Appalachian Trail is beautiful from top top to bottom. But it's interesting to explore, different, explore it in different ways throughout your journey. I've found this is something uh, that is transferable, and it's one of the reasons I want us to, be, to learn how to do it. Rick, can you help us
1: understand uh, why transferability is so important? Well, the transferability element is basically anybody can do it. It's not a complicated process. It's not so you know, even unique in the sense of, all the things you have to know and learn. It's transferable in the sense that anybody, once they experience it, can continue to do it because of being able to follow the process. So it's not, again, something you have to go through training, a whole lot of training. It's simply exposing what the process is. It's very transferable to any situation you're in. Another, actually a good thing, and I've been told Brad about this, he could, you could take the passage he looks at on a Sunday morning and actually process that after the sermons or after in the week to be able to see some of the more in-depth things that he wants to bring out. So it can be applicable to any passage, any part of Scripture, uh, wherever you want to pick. And, and as, as
0: we think about a church whose main goal is to create disciples of Jesus who then help others become disciples of Jesus, this is a very, it, as we're talking about it, you might be thinking, wow, this sounds really complicated. It's actually incredibly simple. And it's something that, for example, let's say our teenagers learn how to do discovery Bible experience. Then that means when our, one of our teenagers goes off to college or whatever's next for them, and one of their roommates says to them, you know, I've always been interested in the Bible. It's just so daunting, though. I don't know what to do with it. Then this would be a very helpful tool that one of our teenagers could say, oh, I could very simply help you learn how to process the Scriptures just through this simple I call Discovery Bible Experience. Or, as I've said to Rick, Rick, this is something I can do in the home someday. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my keys have been taken away, Uh, I can't see anymore, and I can barely write, but I will still be able to do Discovery Bible Experience with the people who live near me. (laughs) This is something for for everyone here you will be able to do for the rest of your life, helping other people
1: discover how to hear from God's Word. I would mention, it's not a comprehensive approach. We're not saying now you're gonna master the Bible or master the book. There's a place for that, and there's different avenues. We need different involvements of the word in our life. This is what I would call a devotional approach, which allows the Spirit of God to speak to you, for you to listen. The Bible talks about listening, becoming familiar with his voice, so you recognize his voice and allows that to happen. So it's not a comprehensive, we're not trying to, you're gonna get all this, it's any, every time can be a single separate element of being time in scripture to hear God speak, allow God to work in your life? Um,
0: Two things. One, if you put up the next slide, we are over the next two uh, Wednesday nights going to train people. That's you. You're all invited the next two Wednesday nights to come from 630 to 8 o'clock and learn how to do the personal version of Discovery Bible Experience. Uh, Come these two Wednesday nights. If you can't come then, we'll find another time to train you. Just let us know. Uh, But these are simple ways to begin your journey as you move through the summer so you're feeding yourself really well. Uh, We do have some questions. If you have a question, you wrote it down, uh, hold it up, and one of our ushers will come and get it. Ben, there's one right there. Uh, Okay, here's a question, Rick. Do I really need to do Discovery Bible experience or anything similar? Am I less of a Christian if I just show up to church and listen to KTIS?
1: No, you're not any less of a Christian. Uh, but as I said earlier, if we don't spend time, it's not about bad things are going to happen or problems necessarily. It's about good things that won't happen. So God gave us the scripture for reading. There's two principles. What the Bible is and why God gave it. Just spend time cooking on that. The more you understand what it is and why God gave it, you'll recognize the need to be in it is for God to lead, guide, direct, and bless in your life and provide that which can help you wherever you're at. The reason it's personal is it allows God to speak to you where you're at. and it whatever Because he may bring something out to say something to you or speak something to you that is pertinent to where you're at in your life or what you're facing, so it becomes very personal. Okay? Uh, when I begin Discovery Bible Experience, how will I know that the piece of Scripture
0: I'm processing has truly impacted me?
1: Good question. I think uh, the idea is, that's why we call the, most people, there's, there's five par- parts to this. There's a preparation part, there's three little steps in the middle where we process it, then the follow-through. The follow-through is allowing it to, basically it's a form of meditation. As you're allowing the Word of God to work in your life, the way you'll know it's impacting you, when it's on your mind, when you share it, and particularly when it impacts some area of your life. As you've referred earlier, the peace, the, the, the reviving, there's so many things that Scripture talks It will do, you'll know it because it'll be an experience that you have with God that'll impact how you're living and what you're doing. Uh, is it wrong then to want to study the Bible like we would a
0: textbook in addition to meditating on it? Is the desire for biblical knowledge wrong?
1: Absolutely not. In fact, that's why I said there's many ways, that we need many different ways to be involved in the Word. So getting background and getting more uh, in-depth, I have found the biggest single missing element in people's lives and now my 51st year of ministry is personal time in the Word to hear God speak to you. So remember, this is a process to help experience meaningful time in the Word and hear how God can speak to you. Both are very appropriate. I find the biggest missing element is that sense of personally getting the Word where God speaks to me to my current situation or where I'm at. Okay? Uh, Steve,
0: here's one for you. What if I am too overwhelmed by life due to raising
2: children, working, etc., to devote time to God's Word? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, What I found uh, was carving time out at the beginning of the day. I worked for many years in a very secular, large corporate company where cultures clash and uh, get pulled in many, many different directions. And I learned that just a little bit of time, even if it's just a few minutes in the morning, Uh, With a piece of scripture, it helped center me and ground me for that day, Um, and it stayed in my mind. What the Discovery Bible Experience does is you can just take a few minutes before you go to work in the morning, or maybe when you come home in the evening, whatever, even at lunchtime while you're there. Mm -hmm. uh, It's not a time thing. It's a heart thing, right? And you will find that you'll be desiring that time to take the time to do that because you will start to feel the benefits in your heart and your mind and how you respond to people during very busy days, whether it's children, work, or out in the community. i I found that my
0: follow-through throughout the week is uh, three to four times, and each time is 10 to 15 minutes. So it's really not a, a lot of time. The initial time is a little longer, you know, maybe 30 minutes or so. And that can be broken down in several
1: sessions right. to even do that part.
0: Right. Um, how can we avoid, we're almost done here. How can we avoid taking things out of content, context when looking at a small, short passage? Aren't the surrounding ideas important to understanding?
1: Again, good question because that's one of the issues people will bring up. And part of it is we encourage people to read the larger context but also the, the area of preparation before we get, the two missing elements from almost all of us in time of the word is preparation before we get into it and follow through after we've been into it. And so <clears throat> the preparation is obviously the prayer. You should always pray, Lord, open my eyes before I open the Scripture. But it's a preparation to make sure there's nothing in our lives conflicting with it and doing some broader reading around it. But again, this is a devotional approach, not necessarily a comprehensive approach. So context is important. And also, what you're learning through the Scripture is not always something that you're going to get up and say, now this is for everybody. Because as God speaks to you, it may be something pertinent to you that may not be pertinent for everybody. So even though Paul may be speaking in a passage about prayer, Maybe he says something that affects your relationship with somebody else. He's going to use that word to affect you that way. So again, it's not something we get up and say, "Oh, no, everybody needs to, because I saw this. But it may be very pertinent for you. So, but it is important to, to recognize the context issue, but also recognize the Spirit of God can use whatever word to impact your life because of where you're at. Very good. Uh, we'll close with this. Joshua 1, 8, 9. A
0: um, person writes, does not say, must study. But comes close. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, uh, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make uh, then you will make your way then he will make your f- way prosperous, and then you will have success, have I not commanded you? And I, I think actually Absolutely. <laughs> uh, God's Word is something we should meditate on day and night, which means it should be something that is nourishing us at all times, as important as the food and the water we drink. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you. Give them a big round of applause. So my, my question to you this, uh, as you head into summer is simply this. What's your summer strategy to satisfy your healthy spiritual appetite? Have you ever heard, heard a, a healthcare worker say, you know, well, what's your body hungry for? What's your body telling you? Well, your body needs God's Word. And if you are not intentional about the way you're going to feed on God's Word this summer then you're going to unintentionally not feed on God's Word this summer. So in the same way that you carved out time this summer for uh, vacation and vacation Bible school and sending the kids to camp or whatever, I am going to ask you to intentionally put in your calendar uh, Discovery Bible Experience. And if it's not Discovery Bible Experience, that's totally fine. But schedule something in there so you are feeding on God's Word throughout the summer. Uh, My hope is... Everyone will be trained in it so we can then transfer that ability to other people as well. All right? I'm going to ask you to stand. Our prayer people will be down here uh, at the end of the service. They would love to pray for anything that's on your heart. And um, I'm going to remind you to come on Wednesday night, for the next two weeks, 6.30 to 8, to learn about the, the personal version of Discovery Bible Experience And we're going to close with this closing charge that we're going to say together prayerfully. Let us pray this. So let us go now, not as accidents without purpose, but with one foot in front of the other as image bearers of the living God. He is the Word in flesh and bones, and we the church, His body. Let us take the word we've heard with real ears And the truth we've processed in fleshy brain, put breath to vocal cords, and give voice to God's love. So when people see us, they see Jesus with skin on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're visiting with us,